This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 299, for the week of Wednesday, the 22nd of November, 2017. This episode is brought to you by Audible, Mike's Comics and Stuff, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, we have listener picks, and our toys of the week are the Playmates Dick Tracy movie line and the McFarlane Toys Commando Spawn action figure. Hey everybody, Scotty here. Uh, it's been a slow process to get uh, this episode together, partly because we have been busy planning uh, our festivities for episode 300, and partly because it's that crunch time of year where everyone is super busy. So what we have done to get a show out for you is gone through some of the submissions that we've had over the last couple of months for listener reviews. Uh, if you weren't aware, we love to receive reviews from you. Uh, we can't use all of them on the show, um, but we do listen to all of them and give feedback. Um, and we have got some for you tonight. So we're going to hear two listeners' picks uh, from our friends Brian and Chris. And then we have a guest review from our friend Peter from Canada, who is nearly a guest host. Uh, and we really should try and get Peter on um, live at some point. And then we have the ever-faithful Eddie, who has put together a uh, another installment of his Spawn goodness for us. So thanks for your patience in this episode coming out. Um, you may need to be similarly patient for 300. We are trying to get as much other gang together as possible to uh, do a very special thing. And we are looking forward to bringing that to you as soon as possible. So I'll say bye for now. I'll let Brian, Chris, and then Peter and Eddie take it away. And uh, we'll see you for 300. Cheers. Yahoo, it's me, Beetlejuice. So, Adam, check out my great new house, The Vanishing Wall. Scary! Each sold separately. Just lie down inside and say, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Even smell, I'm scary. Go! Ah! Now, back to normal. Beetlejuice. Like it? Makes my head spin. Speaking of spins, let's take one of my awesome phantom flyer. A real scare on wheels. Great for on the ground or in the air. Right? Pop wheelies. Ah! Give also a lift. Am I the ghost with the most or what? Hello, Action Figure Blues. This is Brian Williams, and I was sending in my review of the Mattel Sasha Banks Women's Division title that here in the States, for the most part, is going to be a Walgreens exclusive. Uh, it's part of a series that looks like it's going to be two different ones. The Sasha Banks is the Raw Women's Champion figure, and then there's going to be a big Becky Lynch SmackDown figure. This is the first figure to include the Women's Championship belt in it, and I uh, I, th- I guess I'll review the box art first because some people like men on card and they keep them men on card. I think it's pretty good design. It's got some good pictures of her and it's got the moment when she first won the women's title. And some brief history, which is pretty basic, but it's pretty good, I think. Uh, the background inside the box has the women's division, a nice kind of um, kind of grayish 
scale, I think, from what I'm seeing uh, artwork. Uh, I'm glad to see that uh, new figures from Mattel is going to have actual painting artwork to form a di- uh, diorama, which I think is much better than the ones they've been doing lately. This one doesn't have one of those diorama pieces, but I think it's cool that they have those in the background because it actually makes a good background. These basic ones, if you pull them out for your figures and display them anyways. So onto the figure itself. Uh, the Sasha Banks figures have always had like a problem with the face scans on them from the very first one that came out. They've always been very good about everything else on the figures except for the face scans. And kind of well known in the, in the figure community is the fact that uh, the zombie figure of her, the uh, WWE zombie figures, the one of her actually has the best face scan which is really off and stuff. The face scan on this one is still off. The smile doesn't fit her at all. I think they were probably going for the smile that's on the back of the figure which is maybe a caught-in-the-moment type smile, and this one just doesn't match it because it's not a scan of it. Uh, I think they would have been better off going with her kind of wry, heelish smile, which you can see on the side, one of the sides of the box. Would have been much better, but overall, like, this figure is a really good figure. Now, she comes with uh, glasses, which fit her glasses, and she has a boss necklace, and then she has the legit boss, basically the jewelry on her knuckles, which are brass knuckles by the way like most people glass over that fact now these aren't detailed where they're painted where you can see it says legit boss but they are there i almost lost both of these when i was just opening the box because they went flying off her hands they don't fit very well so people should watch that when they take them out and maybe put them in something because they're not going to stay on the figure at all the women's title belt is way too big for this figure uh people noticed that when they showed this figure at san diego comic con that it looked way too big and it is way too big like when you go to put it on her it's got such a big uh belt loop that like i think they basically just used the men's figure belt and changed it slightly they needed to adjust this so it fits her better uh the rest of the figure is really good like i wouldn't say this is like a great elite figure i haven't bought the other saucer banks i got this one uh but all the detailing on the clothing and stuff is really good the balls uh, her hair is really nice i think they really got the color good but again it's like the facial scan uh i am not a big fan of like expressive moments in the figures i'd rather have them kind of a neutral moment like the bailey wwe bailey mattel figures i've not liked any of them because all of them have her yelling or huge smile and i if you're going to do stuff like i do which i i take figure photography i take them out i have an instagram it's wcwa wrestling on instagram and i pose a lot of my figures so all of mine are taken out and pictures taken of them so if it's too much in one one moment it doesn't really work for me like, but like i said i think overall good figure if you want to buy your first sasha and it seems like they can't get her face scan really right everybody's waited a couple of figures so i'd recommend getting this one if you can find it and pick it up so that's my review of this uh, action figure i i wanted to let y'all know it i love and enjoy your show and i think it's really cool and the detailed work you do and you make me want to buy even more figures that I normally don't buy. So, ouch from my bank account. But I hope you guys are having a good day. Bye. If you like listening to podcasts, there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash AFBlues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. 
It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of the Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash AFBlues. Hey, Action Figure Blues fans. Here's my review of Redmond Toys, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the good action figure. This was an eBay purchase about six months ago or so. I picked it up for approximately $140, although depending on your shopping and your luck, you can find it anywhere from $130 to $200. It is a 12-inch, 1-6 scale replica of Clint Eastwood in his role as Blondie, or The Good, in Sierra Leone's The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and is a well-detailed replica of the character. The the set includes um, the action figure, a heavily articulated um, body with all the modern joints that you'd expect from an action figure in this scale and price range, a a head and hat combo, one piece, which is a failing of the, the, the production figure, but we'll, we'll say more about that later. It comes with jeans, a shirt, boots, spurs, a faux suede holster rig for a revolver, a poncho, a stub, a uh, cigar, a bandana for around the neck, and a lever action rifle. It includes a wide variety of swappable hands, especially appreciated is a special pair of hands molded specially to hold the Remington rifle, and uh, I find highly appreciated since regular rifle stocks without pistol grips, usually aren't held by action figures very well. Um, Both the rifle and the pistol are really well done in their texturing and detail. The rifle stock has a notable grain to it that you can feel, and the lever action of the rifle, while you can't articulate it, is a separate piece from the rifle. Um... Like I said, he includes a poncho that, um, much like the one seen uh, on him in film, and is easy to pose him in many uh, of the iconic images. I often have him with the poncho flung over one shoulder and a six-gun drawn. He has a, a thin bandana around the neck, just like the character in the movie, and overall is an excellent figure. I've already um, done a few upgrades to him, buying a better leather gunfighter's holster as well as gun belt, and will probably eventually buy a upgradable head that comes with a separate hat that you can remove and, and attach. Overall, I think it's a great reproduction 
of the character. Um, the paint on the head, I feel, looks a little faded, um, which I think is an attempt to recreate the grittiness and haze of the desert-baked character. But overall, I give this action figure 9.5 out of 10 dolly points, only taking off a minor quibble of the one-piece head hat and the stub of a cigar that was lost after three or four times of dropping it. Other than that, this is a great figure, and I plan to add the other characters available from Redmond Toys to my collection. And one note on Redmond Toys, they appear to be only available on eBay. I haven't been able to find anything else on uh, these guys anywhere else. So, from sunny South Carolina... Armor up, Iron Man! Engage interlock mechanics! Armor up, War Machine! That's critical B! Attach from battle computer module! My brain blast will make scrap metal of you! Not in this lifetime, Morak! With my rings, I rule the land and sea! Just undersea dome! I'm here to make wave, Mandarin! Iron Man, War Machine! Greetings once again from Canada, Action Figure Blues fans. This is Peter. Uh, the guys put my segment on the podcast for some strange reason last time, so I thought, hey, why not try another one? Um, so I wanted to review one of my favorite lines uh, from when I was a kid, not because they were necessarily the greatest figures, um, or necessarily because I had many of them, but it's that Dick Tracy line that we all might remember. I hope you do, because they're, they're interesting figures um, from that 1990s movie. And the figure line itself um, suffered some, some issues, uh, and some of that stemmed from the movie, some of that stemmed from the figures. They, they generated some element of controversy, and I've only learned this recently as I've gone back and tried to collect a few more of them. So I wanted to, to share some of those, those stories with you. But first, I thought it would be a good starting point to look at where it all began with that wonderful, well, some would call it wonderful, but somewhat fraught movie that came out in 1990 called Dick Tracy. Tracy! 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 Whose side are you on? Side I'm always on. Okay, boys, let's go. Now, one of the most shocking things I have to share with you that I did not know was from that Tracy, Tracy, Tracy acting, uh, <laughs> Al Pacino actually got an Oscar nomination for his role of Big Boy Caprice. Um, and that, that brings me to, to one piece that, looking back, I did not remember, was how many actually bona fide stars were in this movie, from uh, Madonna playing Breathless Mahoney, uh, Mandy Patinkin was in it as 88 Keys, Paul Sorvino was Lips Manless, of course Al Pacino was uh, Big Boy Caprice, Dustin Hoffman was in this movie as Mumbles, um, Kathy Bates was in this movie, Dick Van Dyke was in this movie, if you're a Star Trek fan, our old pal Miles O'Brien, Cole Meany was in this movie, um, as well as William Forsythe and uh, Warren Beatty, of course, starring as Dick Tracy. And how could a movie fail with that, that star power? Um, 
and looking back at what it could have been, um, it really kind of sheds a little bit of light on, on what happened with, with this toy line. Um, the movie originally was supposed to be an ultra gritty crime drama of Dick Tracy. Uh, it was uh, originally pitched, I believe, by Walter Hill and Joel Silver, and this was when Paramount had had the film, and they hired, they signed Warren Beatty on. Um, and Warren Beatty did not agree that this movie should be a gritty crime drama. He wanted more of uh, a vintage film noir homage type film, um, and eventually that discrepancy in view led to Hill leaving the leaving the project and Paramount scrapping it. Uh, Warren Beatty actually bought the film and then took it to Disney, um, which is, I think, where we get a lot of this, hey, let's make a toy line um, to go along with the movie. So Warren Beatty actually stars in the film, he directed it, and he produced it. Again, that some people feel that that led to some of the movie's downfall. Um, now, the movie did make money, but it was not a blockbuster. And part of the issue was it landed in 1990. They wrapped, they wrapped up filming, and then shortly after that, 1989 came around and Batman came out. Um, there were a lot of plot similarities, right? And we'll listen to a little bit of that Dick Tracy theme. sounds like Batman. <laughs> um, so there is a, a lot of issues with the movie um, and people didn't feel that it, it really landed very well um, and people don't feel that it really holds up all that well. If you have a chance to watch it again, it, it it's pretty interesting for what it is. Um, I find it entertaining. It sort of lands in that almost could be great movie area like The Rocketeer, right? That, that Disney-fied... Um, vision of things um and there's still conflict over those rights so of who owns what so there that sort of limits our chance of a nolan-esque gritty reboot of dick tracy which i think would just be awesome so playmates got this line uh and they came out with a five inch figure line now five inch figure line in the 1990s from playmates uh most people would think Ninja Turtles. That's what they were hitting home runs with over and over and over and over again. That line was expansive and it was amazing. They did every single character. Uh, and if you look at the Dick Tracy figures that they made, they have odd body proportions. They're sort of stocky. They're Most of them are very bow-legged. Um, they have that five points of articulation, weird ball-jointed hips, uh, and a swivel at the neck. They are in most respects ninja turtles action figures except they're people uh and that's where a lot of <laughs> a lot of critics feel that these figures fall short is they're just odd looking and kind of ugly but in some ways that really 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 works for this line and one of the primary reasons that i feel that the fact that they're kind of ugly and odd looking works is if you've seen the comic books uh that's somewhat holds true to what how they were drawn initially they were odd looking guys uh and the other thing is with this line that makes it kind of unique is that most of the line is bad guys which is kind of awesome they're all mobsters uh which in itself is a little weird but anyway um <laughs> so there are 14 figures that came out in this line and 12 of them are bad guys which is great. Um, we had Big Boy Caprice came out, The Brow, Flat Top, Influence, 
Itchy. How awesome are these names, by the way? Uh, lips Manless, Mumbles, Prune Face, The Rodent, Shoulders, Steve the Tramp, and The Blank are the bad guys. And then we had Dick Tracy and his pal Sam Ketchum. Those were the only two good guys in the line. Uh, also came out with, with them uh, were the sort of the playset piece of the two cars. So there was a police squad car and Big Boy's getaway car. They were essentially, I believe, similar tooling. They just painted them differently. Um, they were both that 1930s classic coupe kind of look. If you think of a a car from from the 30s, that era, with the big um, swooping grills on the front and, and the fenders swooping up over the tires. If you're thinking about a 1930s Ford Coupe kind of look, uh, then you're thinking about the right kind of car. And the cars themselves, um, I never had them, um, but they were just hollow. Essentially, you could open the doors and throw your figures inside and they'd rattle around as you were driving your car around, but that's good enough for the, the audience that they were aiming for, right? Um, of that, that younger audience. And if you are interested in, in this line, they are reasonably uh, easy to come across on eBay. They're not all that expensive, really. Um, if you're dealing with eBay's shipping, usually I'm finding that the shipping is more than the figures, uh, which is really, really annoying. Um, with the exception of one figure, and that is the blank. So if you haven't seen the Dick Tracy movie and you really, really want to, plug your ears because there's really old spoilers coming up here, um, which is why the blank was so expensive now. It's because it was rare. Um, the blank was one of those spoiler toys. So the blank character is Breathless Mahoney, played by Madonna. So the blank uh, figure came with its... A hooded sort of blank skin plain skin face with a hat and you could take the hat off and see who the blank was the issue with the toy is if you got the toy before the movie came out and you took the hat off it would ruin the end of the movie so if you haven't seen dick tracy sorry i just ruined the end of the movie um so playmates actually held that figure back uh until after the movie came out and then uh settled down a little and then they were going to release it however uh the movie didn't do all that well. The toy sales weren't doing all that well. So they just had a limited release of the blank, mostly in Canada and overseas. So the uh, main figure buying audience in the United States actually never saw this action figure. So now you can see the blank going for like mint and on card for like 900 bucks on eBay, which is kind of crazy, but it is one of the more rare action figures out there. Um, and this brings me back to my childhood because you know that one friend that we all have that had all of the coolest toys? I mean, this guy had all of the Ghostbusters. He had all of the ghosts, like the football player that would flip open and have like the crazy ghost mouth. He had Ecto-1. He had the fire hall. He had all the Ninja Turtles, all the cars, all the everything. Um, he had the full action figure line of Dick Tracy. And I remember I borrowed the blank from him like every other week because I thought it was such a cool action figure. The hat came off and the mask came off and it was just awesome. So I've had, I had that action figure in my hand several times throughout my youth, even though it wasn't mine. And now looking back as I'm trying to recollect some of these uh, action figures that I never had, that I was mostly borrowing. Um, the one of my favorites is, <laughs> is now ultimately unaccessible because it's like $900 and my wife would murder me if, if I bought an action figure for $900. <laughs> So let's take a look at the action figures that I have, and then I'll describe the, the other ones in the line. So the ones that 
I have. I have Dick Tracy. Now, this is not the original Dick Tracy from my youth. Um, <laughs> seeing as he had a, a yellow hat, when actually when the movie The Mask came out, I'm kicking myself now, but I actually painted his face green because I wanted a figure of The Mask, uh, and I, I, I ruined that action figure, so that one's gone. So I've repurchased Dick Tracy. Um, I got none of these mint on card. I'm an open opener, um, so I bought rough ones, and I've touched up their paint and stuff. So I have Dick Tracy, and I've got Sam Ketchum. Um, I have The Brow. I've got Flat Top. Uh, Lips Manless, The Rodent, and Big Boy Caprice. Um, now I was just going for most of the figures, uh, and I don't have all of their accessories. We'll get into the accessories in a minute, because they're just amazing. Um, so the articulation, I've sort of gone over, over this a little bit. They've got um, a weird ball-jointed hip swivel. They have no knees. Um, they have... Uh, cut joints at their shoulders, they have cut joints at their wrists so their hands swivel around, um, and they've got a straight sort of swivel at the neck. They've got no uh, waist articulation at all. So if you're familiar with the Ninja Turtles action figures, it's the exact same articulation um, that we see there. Uh, most of them have hats, uh, some of them have vests sculpted in. I believe uh, what's a real shame and kind of a missed opportunity is that only two or three of them actually have coats sculpted on. Um, so as, as these mobsters are shown through the movie, usually they have their full suit on uh, with like a suit jacket, but most of the figures didn't have that. Um, most notably, the, the one that's missing their coat is Dick Tracy himself. He has his yellow hat, but that classic iconic yellow trench coat, he doesn't have it. He just doesn't have it. Um, when I was a kid, I made my mom make one out of felt. Uh, it was awful, but I loved it, um, <laughs> and it, it sort of completed the look a little bit. I'm, I might try my hand at making a, a yellow trench coat to go along with my Dick Tracy uh, action figure that I have, just to, just to complete that look, right? Um, but that was one of the main criticisms of the Dick Tracy figure himself, is that one of the most iconic things that you associate with Dick Tracy wasn't there. So... The figures themselves are pretty cool in terms of their detailing. Some of them, like I've got Flat Top right, right here. He's uh, he actually has bullet holes through his shirt, which is which is kind of wicked. Um, down to little details, like he has cufflinks on his shirt that are skulls, which is which is cool. Um, Sam Ketchum has all these sculpted details on. He's got his badge. He's got uh, binoculars sculpted to sort of a bandolier that he's wearing. His uh, He also has a camera on there. Sam also has bullet holes through his hat, uh, through the brim of his fedora, which is kind of neat. Um, Dick Tracy, uh, he's got his... Uh, communicator watch, of course, sculpted on one wrist, uh, which is fairly detailed, I guess, for the time period. It's got uh, the, the communicator grill sort of painted in black, and then where the watch face would be, that's also painted black, but it's reasonably well sculpted. Um, he's got some handcuffs sculpted to his to his waist, and he's got his badge sculpted in as well. Um, and his vest that he's wearing does have sort of that draw um, Pull strap to tighten the vest at the back, all sculpted in. Um, the other one of the other figures. Sorry, you can hear them tumbling around here. They don't stand up terribly well. Um, that I have is the brow. He actually has two um, playing cards sculpted into his 
into his vest pocket, which is cool. He also has a bunch of bullet holes through his hat as well. Um, and none of the hats come off. They're all sculpted into their, onto their heads if they're wearing hats. Um, but as I come to the brow and I see the playing cards in his pocket, that, that reminds me that um, a lot of these action figures weren't really in the movie all that long. Um, they were in... There's an opening card game scene with... Uh, so all the figures that are lips, manless is men. So that's the brow, the rodent, shoulders. Um, they didn't ever make one of Littleface, but he was he was there as well. Um, lips, manless's gang gets wiped out in the first few minutes of the movie. So, and a lot of them have action figures, which is kind of funny. Um, but so that's where that comic book tie comes in because they they are more lasting characters in the comics. Uh, the other awesome thing about these guys, a lot of them have uh, two-tone wingtip shoes. Um, so the brow has the classic white and black. Big Boy Caprice actually has some pretty awesome uh, uh, light blue and black wingtip shoes, two-tone. Um, so that's that's kind of fun. One of my favorite uh, action figures that I actually do have is Lips Manless. He's kind of this portly-looking guy, um, one of the mob bosses. And if you're familiar with the movie, he I'm, I'm really ruining the movie for you if you haven't seen it. So if you, if you want to see the movie, pause this, go watch the movie, and then come back. Um, Lips Manless gets, gets offed in the movie by uh, getting dumped into a bucket that's or a box that gets filled with cement by Big Boy and then dumped into the, into the ocean. Um, and this comes to one of my favorite action figure accessories ever. Lips Manless comes with cement shoes. So they are um, cement blocks that you can take apart. Uh, they split in half, and then you can snap them on over his feet. So he actually has two cement blocks around his feet. So how awesome is that? We get an action figure from the 90s that has cement shoes so he can sleep with the fishes. Um, and coming to the accessories... That's where another point where I think this line really shines is they've got a lot of really cool accessories and a lot of accessories that you really wouldn't see anymore. Like Lips Manless has cement shoes. Like you, you wouldn't see that anymore. Big Boy Caprice came with um, a holster that you could strap over his chest. So it was like an armpit holster with, with a gun. Uh, he came with uh, three sticks of dynamite and then uh, a thing of money that he could hold. Um, the blank came with a briefcase and a pistol and that, that removable hat that had the, the blank face on it. Dick Tracy came with that, that chest holster and a, a pistol as well as uh, like a rugged looking police baton baseball bat like thing. Um, flat top came with a Tommy gun, a noose, <laughs> and a bandolier of bullets. Influence, he has actually uh, they had uh, two types of holsters, one uh, that you could either wear across the figure's chest or around the figure's waist, and then they actually had thigh holsters, so it was a short, shorter one that would just wrap around their thigh. Um, so he had a crowbar, a thigh holster, and a gun. Um, Itchy also came with a Tommy gun, and I believe a belt of grenades. Uh, Lips Manless came with that same longer shoulder holster, a, a gun, and... Uh, his cement shoes. Uh, Mumbles had uh, a different gun. He had a revolver um, as well as a holster and he actually came with uh, 
a ball and chain that you could clip around his around his ankle, which was cool. Prune face, he came with a a different Tommy gun, so there were two versions of a Tommy gun. Um, and he came with a bandolier again of, of grenades or bullets or something like that, shotgun shells, as well as like an Acme Wiley Coyote-esque uh, TNT plunger, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, the rodent, he came with a bent metal pipe, right? <laughs> a Tommy gun and a bandolier of bullets, right? You just wouldn't see this anymore. Uh, Sam Ketchum was very similar to Dick Tracy in that he had that baton uh, as well as a revolver. Um, and it goes on and on and on with all of them having these sort of <laughs> awesome accessories. Uh, Steve the Tramp uh, came with some really interesting accessories. He had a knife, like a big honking buoy knife, uh, a trash can lid, and he actually had a board with a bent nail in it as, as one of <laughs> his accessories, which uh, some people were a little bit... Um, upset about at the time and there is even more controversy with with Steve the Tramp um, because of the the descriptions that came on the backs of the figures they all came with file cards that would tell you a little bit about them their name um, there's also a brief little comic strip on the back uh, a listing of all the other figures but in in that description of their name Steve the Tramp um, got people upset namely some homeless advocacy groups because uh, the description of Steve the Tramp on his file card says that he's wanted for corruption of minors, muggings, violations of the health code. Uh, his description is an ignorant bum with cauliflower ears, dirty and scarred from a life on the streets. You'll smell him before you see him. His weapons are a knife, spiked plank, garbage can lid. His M.O. are to recruit runaway children into his army of little street thieves and con artists. His past crimes as he knocked off an employer 11 years ago and turned to a life of underworld street villainy. Uh, his quote is, quote, what'd you get me? Let me see the loot. And the warning that goes along with Steve is, Steve the Tramp will use and abuse any young helpless prey he comes across. Beware. Boozed out boxer Steve the Tramp is a big strong brute who believes kids without families are meant to be his slaves. He has dozens of homeless children combing the city, bringing him food, money, and anything else they can get their hands on. He barely gives them enough to eat and treats them like dirt. Hardened bitter after a life on the mean streets, Steve the Tramp is a lout who would just as soon take your life as your wallet. Despite a low IQ, he's as dangerous as they come because he doesn't have anything to lose. So these homeless advocacy groups were um, upset about this, and they actually uh, made enough of a commotion to get the action figure pulled from the shelves. Um, so there, that's some bit of controversy that, that came along with this figure line and may, and may have contributed partly to its lack of success. So now how would I rate these? Um, that's hard to say. I'm torn. From a nostalgia point of view, they are great. I mean, they're ugly, and that kind of works. Uh, I remember borrowing them from my friends. I remember playing in the backyard with them, getting them dirty. They were pretty rugged. Um, their hips did have a, a tendency to break, which, which I do remember some people's figures were breaking a bit. Um, the accessories that came with them were hilarious and awesome. I mean, cement shoes alone is just great. Um, but they are a little weird 
their articulation is odd. They're a really weird shape that, that Ninja Turtles look, I don't think, works as well for humanoids, right? If we remember, the turtles looked great, but that Shredder figure had some issues. Um, so that takes away from them for sure. So I think I'd land around 5 out of 10 dollies on, on, on the whole. Their, their accessories really help bolster the line, but... I don't know. They're they're just a little limited as awesome as they are. I mean, I am collecting them, so they're they're not terrible. Yeah, if 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 you have interest in the line, if you remember the movie, they they are reasonably accessible on eBay to to pick some up in decent condition. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. I I'll give them a solid fun 5 out of 10. All right, thanks guys. Hey kids, I'm here to tell you about two extremely famous plumbers, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario, from the Super Mario Bros. movie. You wanna know? We'll make some super? Cause they triumph over the evil Koopa and his brainless sidekicks, Iggy and Spike, using only their plumbing tools, and they battle the Goombas. Koopa's hideous dino human army, those Goombas are scary. The Super Mario Bros. action figures, from Earl. But don't worry, they're not real. G'day mates, it's Eddie here. Uh, <laughs> as I'm sure you know by now, episode 299, I am very excited uh, for what we have installed next week, but in the meantime, we still have to get an episode out to you this week. And as I'm also sure that you are aware, this week is a compilation of Toys of the Week. So... I wanted to do something both different and <laughs> returning uh, in a weird way to a bit of a classic for me. And that is I am going all the way back to the Spawn line. Now, if you have been listening for this year, you will know that around a year ago, I did a complete run-through of the McFarlane Spawn toy line, and it was great fun. I really loved it. Uh, still getting feedback on that episode uh, to this day, which is uh, fantastic. So, uh, returning a uh, little bit to uh, my special Hello ground and i do have a reason uh for returning which is there is actually a new spawn figure on the shelves can you believe it uh since i did that special the amount of spawn figures being released has doubled by 200 percent uh, towards the beginning of the year we did get the spawn reborn figure which is very much your classic al simmons i don't think i actually did a toy of the week of him on uh the show he was released as part of the color tops series of toys but then just recently uh, i believe it was two weeks ago was the official street date we got a new commando spawn figure now what is different about this guy is that he's actually not part of the mcfarlane color tops which is kind of where all their six inch figures have been falling of recent and this surprised me because i thought he was and it wasn't until I had him in hand that I realized there was were a couple of things different about him. So let's jump in with him, starting with the packaging. The packaging is pretty much the same scale as the McFarlane Color Tops packaging has been. Exact same sort of uh, box design, slide-out tray on the inside, bit of a window on the front, a uh, little bit bending around to the sides, but not really. Where this is different is this is pretty much the 90s spawn uh, figure packaging from around 
series two to about series eight, I believe they sort of went with this design where you've got sort of blue with thunder, the very like neon green stylistic, almost graffiti spawn logo, the name of the figure with like a purple bar and then like yellow wording on it. Uh, it just a lot of nostalgia around on the side. You've got the actual big spawn symbol that they had on the upper left hand side there. Really, really fantastic. Very nostalgic. They've even gone with the old school logo design for McFarlane Toys in that upside down blue triangle. And where it really hit for me is uh, in the top uh, left hand corner of the back of the box. It is listed as an ultra action figure, uh, as those original Spawn ones were. So uh, <laughs> really uh, capturing my nostalgia buzz there. Really fantastic. Very excited to have it. I just noticed it does actually have 34 listed on the side. So do you know what? This might be part of the color tops and it just doesn't have the same packaging. I, I don't know what 34 uh, would actually be referring to. It could be uh, the amount of Al Simmons figures, which would be interesting. And as someone who has tried to be uh, very knowledgeable on Spawn, I should probably know that. Uh, but that is also where you might get into a bit of debate. So Commando Spawn always does fall into a bit of a fan debate conversation because people try to pick apart whether or not he is actually Al Simmons or if he's a different Spawn. So for those that don't know, Spawn is a bit of a legacy title. It has been passed down. Many people have held the mantle of Spawn both in the series canon as well as sort of Elseworlds what-if tales. Uh, so Commando Spawn is a bit of a weird one because he does often sport a design very similar to Al Simmons, just a very base black outfits and uh you know a little bit of red for the cape and carrying some huge massive cable style guns now al simmons is actually quite known for carrying these big guns around was one of the cooler parts of the mythos is that he only has a limited limited supply of power so he does try to avoid using it and being a trained soldier he did collect guns being the fact this was a 90s comic they were massive huge oversized <laughs> rob liefeld uh kind of designs on these guns so being that <laughs> the traits of commando spawn do also match up with the traits of al simmons uh, there is a little bit of back and forth. To be honest with you, I didn't get a chance to re-read re the blurb on the back of the original Commando Spawn figure. I believe that sort of lists him as being a different character, but I could be uh, completely wrong there. Uh, there have been other Commando Spawn figures released. There was the original one, I believe, in Series 2. And then one much later on in the line in sort of the revision section. Uh, many also sort of consider that the fourth Al Simmons figure is really a commando spawn in a lot of way. He comes uh, with belts of uh, ammo all draped over him. Comes with those huge massive guns. little reminiscent of the guy that I'm going to be talking about here today. So uh, I generally fall into the camp of thinking, ah, oh, it's, it's pretty much just another design of Al Simmons. So here's your base spawn. So the figure himself uh, is he roughly scant stand, I'd say, more in the 
8-inch scale than the 6-inch. Uh, he does have a spread-legged pose, uh, which is uh, a little bit limiting in his height compared to the other spawn. The other difference where you get height from is that the color tops, and this is part of where I was thinking that it's very different from the McFarlane color tops, have come with these very similar base stands with Ben's favorite thing, a plaque telling you uh, either what the figure's from or the name of the figure. This one just comes with a very pancake flat circle design stand with a peg in it uh, that you put a hole in for his giant boot. Uh, so it does give him a little bit of different height on the shelf from uh, the Spawn figure released earlier in the year. Uh, now his design, as I mentioned, he's sort of spread legged foot. Uh, his arms are positioned where you'd put the main machine gun in and he's sort of taking aim. Uh, it seems to work best if you're pointing the aim upwards, almost as if he's shooting at a tall monster or someone up on a roof somewhere. Uh, he doesn't have the big flowing spawn cape. Uh, this is much more reminiscent of that spawn 4 uh, where he's got a piece of red material tied, tied up uh, like a bandana around the lower half of his face. He does have a whole bunch of pouches sculpted on around his belts. He's got a couple of uh, ammo belts around, so he's got sort of the bullet one draped over his chest. He's got grenade launcher... Are they grenade launcher bullets or just called grenades? I don't know. I'm not that good with my uh, <laughs> armatory knowledge, but yeah, he's got those uh, grenades that you'd put in a grenade launcher uh, draping down his right leg. He's got some four grenades uh, sculpted there on his back. And of course, being spawned, he does have uh, his red armor plating down his arms and his legs with the metal spikes coming out, the, out of them. Now, what I didn't notice until I got this guy out of package is his black sort of necro symbiote suit is different to the regular spawn style. Uh, you can't tell from a distance, but up close it's kind of a more uh, modern armor design reminds me a lot of sort of the tactical armor that Bruce Wayne wears in the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises where you've got sort of a jigsaw puzzle of pieces that disconnect and you've got that mesh under armor style clothing underneath it which is really cool gives him a, a really nice modern update now his head sculpt is very much the classic masked look to spawn uh, that venom white eye design almost coming around uh, the black rounded head with the green glowing eyes on the inside I always love it when Spawn is masked. For some reason, as I mentioned in my Spawn retrospective, I, I did struggle to get a hold of Spawns that were ma masked uh, with this basic design without something wacky uh, being on them. So I am very happy any time I get this design. It, it, it just ticks something of a box for me. And of course, in the middle of his belt, he has that uh, skull design, not with excessive cheekbones, but they're getting a bit out there for the cheekbones. Uh, if you know, as a Spawn fan, you know what I'm talking about there. In terms of accessories, he comes with a revolver pistol that does actually fit into a holster on his belt coming down on his left leg he also has a sniper rifle that does have 
a belt that you can strap it, a uh, strap, sorry, is probably more accurate than a belt, but you can run that over his arm and down. So you can droop that over his shoulder there. So it's there as the next gun uh, if he needs to use it. Now, the pistol can be held by him in his hand that has a trigger finger. I have tried a couple of positionings with the sniper rifle, but it is a lot harder to get it in and positioned well. I think it really is more designed to be draped there over his shoulder than actually used. And then the last gun that he has is sort of this futuristic looking machine gun, uh, very base. It's got uh, the large magazine and grenade launcher at the bottom. That's, this one is the one he's really designed to hold. So that fits in perfectly into his trigger hand. And then his arms are sculpted to sort of perfectly match up that he can have it pointing there. And his head is on a bit of a ball joint, so you can position him to look like he is looking through the scope and either firing or taking aim uh, at an enemy. And once you have him in this position, it does look really cool. So uh, I do dig this setup. He definitely looks great on the shelf. Now, you might have noticed that I'm skipping probably the thing most people are interested in, uh, and it's because I am sort of saving it close to last, which is uh, the articulation, uh, which I am kind of talking about it, so I will get into it now. So McFarlane figures are kind of notorious for their articulation. They have often been referred to as statues, which is uh, very understandable because in some cases they were just flat out statues. This guy does have articulation on him. I am actually surprisingly impressed by the amount of articulation he has on him. But let's see how it goes. So he let let's go up his body. So the first points of articulation he has is in his knees. Now it is sort of ratcheted uh, swivel joints as well as a swivel in the upper part where the knee kind of pegs into the upper thigh, uh, which does work nice. It does get you a fair bit of range from the knee downwards. Now, unfortunately, he doesn't have anything at all in the ankle. So while you have a lot of range there in the knee to kick around, uh, it is going to look a little bit odd because the feet are positioned in a certain way heading up the leg there he has cuts at the th upper thighs that work as swivel joints so you can turn his leg around but because he's stuck in that spread leg stance you really don't get a great deal of movement uh, from him here it does kind of just turn the leg around in a circle without actually changing much of what it's doing the only advantage it does have is then with the swivel in the knee you can sort of position him bow-legged in a couple of different ways uh, and more spread out in some circumstances but it's not a drastic change at all now he does have a swivel at the waist around so you can twist him 
a uh, little bit to be pointing in different directions. And because you've got the belt there, uh, it doesn't need to match up with anything. So this is probably the best piece of articulation with it where you can get a bit of change going without actually changing too much uh, in terms of the main bulk of the body itself. Up in his shoulders, he has swivel joints there, which, you know, you, you do get a bit of movement out of. It does change things, particularly being gun hands and that you can uh, position it so he's pointing forward or uh, potentially pointing uh, more to the side or up in the air. Now, his elbows, once again, have that sort of ratchet joint with a peg going up into the bicep so you can get a bit of swivel uh, going on there as well so this is the biggest uh, improvement where you can have him pointing his guns in all different directions and looking out and the huge change is he's basically got ball jointed wrists so you do get a lot of movement swivel uh, and pointing options in his wrists there that said, uh, it is heavily sculpted, so having him pointing his gun, holding it up with his left hand and taking aim through the scope is going to be your best position for displaying. Everything does seem to match up more perfectly there. It's, it's hard to express, but you can't really have him straight-armed without it looking odd. The muscles just really don't match up. Uh, to where everything is going. Uh, he is served much better by having them uh, bent through. And in his head, he does have a ball joint, which is nice. You do get a bit of movement going on there. Now, because he's got the handkerchief uh, bandana around the lower part of his head, it does limit the movement of the head slightly. So... It's a bit of a mixed bag, this one. In terms of modern Spawn figures, he's actually really poseable, which is nice. In terms of an action figure, he's really not that poseable. Uh, you are going to pretty much have him locked in to one position on the shelf, which is a bit of a shame. So uh, it's, it's a really hard one on where I fall. It's both a positive and a negative on this guy, which is... I, uh, it's, it's interesting. Now, the only last piece I haven't really talked about is his paint. The paint is, for the most part, fantastic across the board on his figure. To start off with the negatives on some of the metal spikes on his legs, you can see the red coming through. It does seem that the paint, uh, of silver on his legs is easily chipped and does mean that the red spikes out a bit there from his spikes. Uh, apart from that, though, he's really fantastic. There's lots of different colours going on and his different weapon accessories, his belts. Uh, he's got uh, different shades of whites going on. So you've got the V stripe up his chest and the whites around the mask eyes uh my absolute favorite attention to detail in terms of paint is his actual green eyes so in most spawn figures in the past we've basically just gotten green eyes on these guys they're outlined by black and then you have green around the outer part of the eyes and then there's a little bit of yellowy green shading going on towards the center 
Now, why that matters is because this is really the spawn eye colouring that they had back in the 90s days. And it's just iconic. It's when you see it, you'd look at it and go like, they're clearly spawns eyes even if you remove the whites and the black of the mask around it you could just look at these eyes and know they are the spawn eyes and i don't think we have actually seen that in a figure i even getting the spawn reborn figure from the beginning of the year out and having a look at that they were going for a little bit of a muted uh palette design with the coloring on this figure so he has a much more grayer uh, face mask where it's white, it's just sort of eggshell white on this one. Uh, on the reborn one, they've got it uh, almost a grey white. And what they've done with the eyes there, they do have the black outline, but it's sort of more winged the way that uh, uh, some girls are doing their makeup now. And the green eyes is actually just a metallic green and yellow uh, paint all through. There's no evenness. To, uh, it, it's even, sorry, uh, out throughout the line, and it just depends on where the light catches for how much yellow comes through. Which is, it is a cool design. I'm not not going to knock that Spawn Reborn uh, figure for its eye design, but the one on this Commando Spawn is just so nostalgic. It just ticks uh, that box once again, and that nostalgia box, uh, which. To be honest, these spawn figures are relying on a lot because uh, if you're not getting nostalgia from these spawn figures, I I, I don't know why you you're buying them. That's <laughs> that's uh, if you're buying it because for some reason you've jumped into the spawn comic at issue 275 <laughs> and like oh this is really good. I want to buy the figures of that. Uh, I'm gonna say you're in the minority. It's it's safe to be. It's great. It's great. I, anyone. I uh, can have any reason to buy a figure, but I imagine you're not going to be the common ground. The common ground is going to be people who are nostalgically buying uh, this figure. Now, the weapons are really cool. They've got some great paint design going on over them. You've got a lot of gun metals and different shades of gun metals, uh, which is really nice. So uh, the machine gun has this kind of red industrial stripe running down the front of it, and then a very silver gun metal for the most part across the gun. It does change a little bit on the magazine. And there's some really great gun detail going on here. Once again, my knowledge and terminology isn't great here, but you do have things uh, such as you can see where the bullet chambers come out. You can see how the weapons in real life would be modular. These are just one piece of plastic, but you could see how... Uh, the scope connects onto the top of the gun and how you could pull apart the grenade launcher on the bottom, for example. Now, the ginormous sniper rifle that hangs over his back, you've got sort of that pull tab that runs across the top for reloading. It's got almost this padded part on the buck. Uh, you can see that uh, the strap's almost kind of a homemade tie-on one there at the base. He's got little knobs on the scope there. You've got a different coloured magazine. The gunmetal is a much more darker grey for the gunmetal. And then on... His massive revolver, uh, that's pretty much a black gun metal uh, running through and across. And 
once again a really fantastic sculpt here this thing looks like it would do a, a lot of damage it uh, puts dirty harry's gun to shame but some really nice sculpting going on has that uh, nice sort of grip going through the handle with that sort of dotted checkered pattern and uh, really really fantastic so I do really dig this figure despite its uh, classic McFarlane articulation spawns but at least they've improved on it compared to even the reborn figure that came out at the beginning of the year that has pretty much no articulation up until a couple of swivels in the arm and the neck but once again with those you can't really use without that looking odd so that basically is a mixed statue this guy you do at least have a fair bit of movement options in the arms now i didn't mention the price this guy set me back 35 dollars uh australian which is actually on kind of more the cheaper end for a collector six inch figure here these days you're looking at around 40 to 45 so not too far off the mark but uh he is a little bit on the cheaper side which is nice so when it comes to a dolly rating i'm probably gonna have to give this guy i'm gonna go eight a solid eight dollies uh, out of ten now disclaimer the little asterisk being that a lot of that for me is the nostalgia box uh being ticked uh, i think they are good ticks it's not just getting a tick because it is what it is but they actually have put things in to evoke nostalgia in me uh but that said, if you're not a Spawn fan, you're just an action figure fan, picking this guy up, uh, you're probably not going to have that same response for me. And the big two marks being lost really is just down to articulation. And it really has me hoping that they do seem to be learning. I'd love to see McFarlane Toys release a fully posable uh, Spawn action figure. So many people are really asking for it. I know... Todd himself is not a big fan of articulation because it does break up the sculpt. They have done articulated figures before, even up until recently. Uh, they have ones, even though they're not, they may not be the greatest uh, in terms of articulation. Uh, it would be really nice to see it happening here uh, again because that 10th anniversary uh, spawn figure is just going up and up in price and it would be great for collectors to have another option but uh, that's pretty much wraps things up for me here I am going to hand you across now and I will definitely be seeing you next week for our 300th episode alright guys good journey the Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mark's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening.